Blog Talk Radio. Turn on the light. Save the world from darkness, yeah. Turn on the light. Won't you please, my friend, yeah. Welcome to the Turn on the Light broadcast with Bishop Elect, Stephen, and Ann Butterfield. We are the Ephesian Pastors at Light of the World Christian Tabernacle International Church in South Bridge, Georgia. Our co-founder is Archbishop Bishop Lee Smith, and our senior pastor is Oshabar Hartman and his lovely wife, Lady E. We are so glad that you have tuned in. We are going to show you a God that will bring you life. So call your neighbors and call your friends. Call Lottie Dottie and everybody. Tell them that the Turn on the Light broadcast is on the air. Tell them to dial 917-388-4161. And while you're getting your neighbors and your friends, here's a song just for you. Come on, clap your hands tonight. Listen. When my work is done and my race has been won, heaven is waiting. Heaven is waiting for me. Mm-hmm. When I've done my best and withstood the ultimate test, heaven is waiting. Heaven is waiting for me. Jesus went away. Prepare a place for me And when it comes again That's where I'll spend eternity Heaven is waiting Heaven is waiting Heaven is waiting Heaven is waiting Listen here yeah. The time is going now When I must see this world goodbye Heaven is waiting Where the streets are made of gold, the gates are made of pearl. There'll be nothing but joy for me when I leave it so well. Heaven is waiting, y'all. I said the heaven is waiting for me. Please don't need that. 
Hallelujah. Don't you want to go? Hallelujah. Because heaven is waiting for me. I don't. I can't say about for you, but it's waiting for me because Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you. And where I am, you may be also in, in my Father's house of many, many, many mansions. Hallelujah. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. Hallelujah. So I thank God today for God's grace, mercy, and peace. Hallelujah. Thank him for loving us like he does. Amen. And send his son to die for us in our place. And that give us the right, amen, to be called sons of God. And we've done that yet. You don't know what he looked like. But when we when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Hallelujah. For we shall see him as he is. And we glorify him, we magnify him, and we bring you greetings in the mighty name of Jesus. You are tuned in for the, the Tune in the Light Brothers uh, broadcast with Pastor Stephen and Ann Butterfield. We're so excited that you are tuned in tonight. And we pray that you would hear something that would motivate you, that encourage you, amen, to press on. And if you don't know Jesus, that you would say, what must I do to be saved? And you know, if you know him, you have a heart to want to please him even the more mm-hmm. and to be in the will of God. Amen. So we thank Amen. God for we are assistant pastors of Light World Christian Tabernacle International, located in Stockbridge, Georgia, at 583 Highway with 155 North in Stockbridge. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, God is moving in our midst. We have an awesome, awesome services. God is moving, and we uh, have Sunday service every uh, every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We have evangelistic service at 8 a.m., Sunday school at 9 a.m., and uh, worship service at 10. We also have um, Bible study on Wednesday, noonday, and 7 p.m. So we thank God for everything he's doing with us. We thank God Amen. for allowing us to be uh, stewards over the Jimmy Lee Smith Community Center, and we thank God that what he's doing for us. We pray and continue to bless us as we go forth. We magnify him, and we are also founders of Butterfield's Ministries Worldwide, and uh, we also um, have a, a business called uh, Boys to, to Ye Men and Girls to Ladies, where we mentor young women and young men, and we thank God for his mercy and the grace, allowing us to do just so. Pray for us as we endeavor to do God's will, that our our mandate on this earth will be fulfilled. Amen. So we thank and praise God for everything. Amen. We honor our pastor, Pastor Oshawar, and his family uh, while they travel to um, bury their uh, grandmother. And we uh, thank God for Archbishop U.W. Smith in the name of Jesus. We bless all of those who associate with us, all the people of God that will get in in the church tomorrow and go forth in the name of Jesus. We thanking God for all those who will get saved on tonight and tomorrow. Thank God for souls coming into the kingdom in the name of Jesus. So God, we thank you, we praise you, and we magnify it. Now, without further ado, we have a man of God who who is faithful, who is diligent in the Word of God, and who is eloquent in the Word of God. So, without further ado, we bring to you Pastor Fair. You are now live, Pastor Fair. Good evening. How are you? Fantastic. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, we got a little bit of rain that we needed today. It was very hot, and uh, so that helped cool things down a little bit. And we've got uh, what they call Tri-Fest going on. So the Lord blessed me okay. to get out there and to give balloons out to people and to try to introduce them to Jesus. So it's, uh, it was yeah, been a yeah. good couple of days. And uh, I'm we're always we're we're looking forward to being able to come down and spend some time with you uh, in July for the uh, Holy Absolutely. Convocation Week. We won't be able to make the hey, whole week, man. but uh, we're gonna we're gonna be there and and watch what goes on with you and your wife as you get consecrated. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate thank the you. last oh, couple yeah. of months. <laughs> the last couple of months we've been looking at our will quite a bit our self-will the, the to me the best gift that we've been given outside of salvation have salvation as the mm-hmm. first and our free will as the second okay. tonight uh have a pen and paper ready because we're going to try to cover some things uh, nine keys to finding god's will 
How many times hmm. have you ever wondered, can I find God's will in everything I do? Can I find God's will that's going to please him? How can I find God's will that's going to give me the heart that David had, a uh, heart after God, God's own heart? <clears throat> so if you've got a pen and paper, go ahead and get those out. We've got uh, several scriptures again, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll try to get through them. I'm going to try to give you the Reader's Digest version, the condensed version of this <laughs> message, but it's a very good one and very in-depth one. Let's, uh, Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for so much grace and mercy and love that you give to us, Father, that you carry us each and every day through the things that we do. Father, that where we fail, your strength shows up and you show off with us as you sustain us in your hand. <clears throat> We're so thankful for all that, Father, that that's how much you care about us and love us, that uh, we get that picture of a suspension bridge, as it were, holding us up, but it's your hand, that we can rest and relax in your presence and your will and your ways for our lives. We give you praise and honor and glory for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Nine keys to finding God's will. Uh, I'm going to rattle these off to you, and we're going to try to cover them. The first one is be humble. And there's a reason you're going to find out why that is number one. The number two key is pray. The number three key is follow the light you already have. You, You think about that one. The fourth key is don't give up. The fifth key is don't put off, don't be put off by barriers. The sixth key is use your mind. Imagine that. That's a, that's a novel idea that God would ask us to use our mind. The key seven is ask a friend. Key eight is remember, God is not in a hurry. Oh, you think about that. You think about the number nine key is to trust God. Imagine that. You see, we begin to form a relationship with God, and guidance is a relationship. Guidance is not a puzzle we solve, but a relationship with Jesus Christ. The closer we are to Jesus, the less anxious we will be about knowing God's will for our lives. You stop and you think about that. In John chapter 15, in verse 1 and then in 4 and 5, he tells us, I am the true vine. What relationship could be closer than the way a vine branch is linked to the main stem of a vine? You think about that. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, that's John chapter 5, verse 1, and 4 and 5 out of 15. A promise. God gives us a promise to hang on to. Now, there's a novel idea. There's over 8,000 promises in the Bible, and he gives us one that we can hang on to. God said in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he said he will never leave us nor forsake us. He is faithful with his word. Uh, Let your conversation be without covetousness and content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So you see, uh, there's the things that we can see how to find God's will. The number one key is to be humble. A proud person may miss out on God's guidance simply through not being prepared to pray about it. You think about that. How many times does that happen today? Not just in your life, but in people's lives around you that you can see. Uh, did, you, did you stop and take time to pray today? Well, no, I didn't. I got so busy and I got wrapped up. Did you stop and take time to talk to Jesus? Well, no, I didn't have the time. So the number one key is to be humble. We have to, there was this word again, discipline ourselves to be able to take the time to spend with Jesus. A characteristic of humility is to be contrite or repentant. This is the one I esteem. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. For all those things have mine hand made. 
And all those things mm-hmm. have been, saith the Lord, but to this mm-hmm. man will I look, even to him mm-hmm. that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth mm-hmm. at my word. Humility is linked with several things. You, and the first mm-hmm. one that you see is seeking God. Seek the Lord, all you humble. Zephaniah chapter 2, verse 3. The meek, I will leave within you the meek and humble who trust in the name of the Lord. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 12. It, uh, humility is linked with gentleness. Jesus said, I am gentle and humble in heart. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. It's, it's, again, tied with gentleness in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Mm. So there's some importance to being humble to knowing the will of God. Other people, hello, in, other, in humility consideration, you consider others better than yourself. Philippians chapter mm-hmm. 2, verse Three, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know, the recipe for joy, Jesus first, other second, yourself last. So we have to take this into consideration as we want to know more about the will of God. Blessings that we receive by, you see, that are received by the humble. The Lord sustains the humble. Psalms chapter 147, verse 6. The Lord gives grace. Oh, hello. Gives grace to the humble. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Did you catch that? Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. That comes from Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, and that is Jesus speaking. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he shall humble himself shall be exalted. For to be humble, God says he's going to lift you up. (laughs) I live in a high and holy place, but also... Him who is contrite and in lowly spirit to receive the spirit of the lowly and to receive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15. The supreme example of humility. He, and I'm doing air quotes, he humbled himself. Your mm-hmm. attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped and made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant. See, he did not come to serve, be a servant, to serve, but to be a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. And he humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death, on a cross, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Mm-hmm. If we conclude our thoughts on humility, which we could go a lot further, all of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. First Peter, verses five, uh, chapter 5, verse 1. Or 5, verse 5, I'm sorry. The key, second key, is to pray. When we pray, we doing, we're doing one thing. We're showing dependence on God. Prayer is exactly what that shows, dependence on God. If you look at the Old Testament, who prayed in the Old Testament? Abraham. He prayed for the city of Sodom. Genesis chapter 18, verses 22 verses through 33. Abraham's servant prayed for guidance in Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 through 14. Mm-hmm. Moses, yeah. he sang a song of thanksgiving in Exodus chapter 15. Hannah, he prayed for a Son in First Samuel chapter one, David a song of thanksgiving in Second Samuel chapter uh, twenty-two. Solomon prayed in the Old Testament for wisdom, First Kings chapter three. Nehemiah for his nation in chapter in Nehemiah chapter one. Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> he he was praising God in Daniel chapter four. Jonah, a cry for help 
out of Jonah 2, mm -hmm. Habakkuk. Habakkuk prayed for mercy in Habakkuk 3. So, gee, we're not the only ones that we see that are praying, and these are just a few of the examples you're going to find. Jesus himself, we knew Jesus prayed. He prayed in Gethsemane so hard he was sweating drops of blood. And those, each drop of blood was for you and for me. Jesus withdrew with about a stone's throw beyond his disciples, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was drops of blood falling to the ground. Luke chapter 22, verses 41 through 44. What position should we be in? When we pray, have you ever thought about that? What position should we be in when we pray? The, the Bible doesn't give us any rules about whether we should sit, stand, kneel, or pray. It says mm -hmm. you go in your prayer closet and pray alone. Kneeling, Jesus sometimes knelt to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knelt down and prayed. We see that in Luke chapter 22, verse 41. And this may have given rise to the Christian custom of kneeling in prayer. At times, Paul knelt to pray. We see an example there in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Some of Paul's Christian friends knelt to pray. When Paul had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed, Acts chapter 20, verse 36. All of the disciples and their wives and children accompanied us out of the city, and there on the beach we knelt and prayed, Acts chapter 21, mm -hmm. verse 5. So you see, mm -hmm. it, the, the position's not important. It's when and how and why you pray. Daniel prayed three times a day on his knees. Now, when Daniel learned that the degree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem three times a day, and he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. We see that in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel ended up being thrown to the lions because of this open worship to God. You know, are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to give up the, some things as we see that Daniel did? We can pray with hands lifted up. We see this all the time. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. First Timothy chapter mm -hmm. 2, verse 8. Mm -hmm. So you see the mm -hmm. guidelines that were given, the, the nine keys that were given, they're God-inspired or they're God in himself speaking it. We can pray standing up. Jews stand up to pray. Solomon stood up as he prayed. He also lifted up his hands in, in, as an indication that he was praying. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel. He spread out his hands toward heaven, and he prayed. We see that in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 21. You see, when we're praying, God wants hearts not bodies. So that's mm. part of that second key there. Wow. The position of our body in prayer is not half so important as the attitude of our hearts. For the Lord weighs the heart, Proverbs 21, mm -hmm. verse 2. He wants bodies instead of hearts. The heart will follow with what the body goes. Third key, follow the light that you already have. <laughs> That's a, a lamp, not a searchlight. God does not give, often give Christians long-range guidance about their future. It's more often just about the next step to take. The psalmist said to God, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms chapter 119, verse 105. God's word was a lamp, and so he could be where he was walking, not searching, shining of his destination. He wasn't searchlighting it. Do you really, when you stop and you think about this part of the, the key number three, do you really want to know the future? 
if we were to get on our face and God would really truly show us the future, would that change our outlook? Would that change the way we do things? Would that change how we view things? Would that change how we appear? Would that, would that change anything at all about us? Absolutely, it would. It's not always to our advantage to know what's going to happen to us. Jesus told Peter, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. John chapter 21, verse 18. This is probably a prediction of Peter's future. Martyrdom when he, according to tradition, would he would likely be killed by crucifixion. We may be glad to know all the things that happen to us later on in our lives, but it would change our lives drastically if we knew what was coming up. What about, what about other Christians? Are we not meant to pry into God's will for, that is, for other Christians? Uh, Peter made this mistake. Peter turned and saw the disciple who Jesus loved, which was John, was following them. When Jesus saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. John chapter 21, verses 20 through 22. Mm. We'll never know all we want to know. Isn't that a sad thing? We, we say we only use 10% of a computer. We also only use 10% of our minds. And it's so sad that uh, in knowing God's will or searching to know God's will, we'll never use all of our mind. We'll never, never know all we want to know. So imagine that. The Bible never claims to tell us everything. The Bible is primarily about salvation. The answers to what we need to know about salvation are found all throughout its pages. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. John chapter 16, verse 13. Also part of chapter, the third key, loving and obeying. Mm. Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. John chapter 14, verse 23. It's often easier to be preoccupied with the future than to obey Jesus in the present. How many times have we done that? We step into something, we see something coming, and we want to step towards that in the future, and we kind of leave Jesus sitting there on idle in the present. And that's not what we want to do. That's not how we're going to get to know God's will, folks. Obedience. Now, we covered obedience here a couple of months ago, uh, and it's linked. Obedience is linked with faith. Romans chapter 16, verse 26. Obedience linked with holiness in Acts chapter 26, verse 18. Obedience is linked with righteousness in Romans chapter 6, verse 13. Obedience is linked with God's blessing in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 27. Mm-hmm. Obedience is linked with God's word, Psalms chapter 119, verse 67. Obedience is linked with salvation. We see an example of that in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. The fourth key, don't give up. If somebody in this world tells you don't give up, that kind of makes you uh, determined to go ahead and go through with what you're doing because you don't want to fail at that. But then we're going to look at a little bit different concept of that, persevere. Jesus told two parables with both at the same moral to them. They were both aimed at encouraging his followers to keep praying. Clearly, persevering in prayer is something that Christians have always found hard to do. Why? We get distracted. And the more time goes on, the more we get distracted. We have so many things going on around us, it's hard to stay focused. When we stop and we get into our prayer closet, we start thinking about this and that and the other thing and everything else. And pretty soon we forget what we're praying about. 
Mm. <laughs> Obedience. The parable of the widow who wouldn't take no for an answer. Then oh. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said mm-hmm. in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was mm-hmm. a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. But he finally said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see mm-hmm. she gets justice so that she, will, she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. Oh, you know, Jesus wants us to have persistence. Uh, he, he makes mention that this gal is going to keep coming after him and bothering him no matter what. He might as well grant her wish. And you know, that's a good thing for us to, to do, to fall into that, mm-hmm. not to mm-hmm. be taking uh, and saying we're going to give up. Don't give up. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring your justice for his chosen ones who cry mm-hmm. out to him day and night? This is what he's saying to the widow. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. The parable of a friend at at midnight. Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend. And he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 8. So you can see there's two examples right there of not giving up. Just because we might get an answer of no one time doesn't mean that God's going to answer no again. But if he does, you don't give up because he sees things that we don't see. You keep on going. Perseverance is specifically needed by Christians seeking God's guidance for their lives. The more we seek to know the will of God, the more perseverance we need to have. Christians need to persevere in everything. Running the Christian race, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We are to run this race as we're going to finish it and as we're going to finish it in first place. Serving God. Oh, hello, somebody. Revelation chapter 2, verse 19. How can we not persevere in serving God? How they live and what they believe. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. We need to persevere in having confidence in God and doing his will. Oh, that's what we're looking at, is finding God's will. Mm -hmm. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 and 36. Now, the fifth key, don't be put off by barriers. Hmm. A pioneer missionary with a tough skin. (laughs) If Paul had been deflected from carrying out God's will in his life by the avalanche of events that happened to him, he would have been deprived of our greatest missionary and theologian, Paul's trials. Mm. Paul left the record of some of the sufferings he gladly endured for the sake of Jesus. And you can find those in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10 through 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. You stop and you look at some of these. Paul was frequently imprisoned. Uh, how many of us are willing to go through that? I think uh, there's so many people today that would be in prison one time and say, that's it, I'm done, and they would throw up their hands and they would quit. He was severely flogged. 
This was a barrier to Paul. He didn't give up, though. He kept going. He was exposed to death again and again and again and again, and he did not get put off by barriers. He received 195 lashes from the Jews alone. He didn't give up. He kept on going. He wasn't put off by these barriers. He was beaten three times with rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. He spent a night and a day in the open sea. He was constantly on the move. He was in danger from rivers. He was in danger from bandits. He was in danger from his own countrymen. He was in danger from the Gentiles. He was in danger in the city. He was in danger in the country. He was in danger at sea. He was in danger from false brethren. This is Paul. These are some of the... the, Barriers that Paul faced. He experienced hunger, thirst, cold, and sometimes went around in rags. He was a fool for Christ's sake. See, I love that one because back when I was doing climbing, my business card on the front said, I'm a fool for Jesus Christ. You flip it over on the back side, it said, Whose fool are you? <laughs> you see, I love when you stop and think that Paul was a Christ was a fool for Christ's sake. That's powerful. And yet he did not, he was not put off by this barrier. Paul was dishonored. He was brutally treated. He was made homeless. He was cursed. He was persecuted. He was slandered. See, these might have, these were barriers to him, but they were kind of just setbacks to him. The setbacks that we ourselves experience in our own lives become insignificant when compared with what some Christian missionaries and martyrs had suffered for Jesus. If any one of us went through some of the things that Paul went through, we wouldn't have persevered. We would have given up. We would have been put off by those barriers. I guarantee it. I mean, I don't know a lot of people listening, but I know the human nature today. They would not have endured and continued to endure that. Nevertheless, we, we all have our own problems. For each one should carry his own load. Galatians chapter 6, verse 5. Oh, helping others is a way to never give up. The Bible t- tells us to help other people to carry the loads which weigh them down and burden their lives. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, We've got a promise to hang on to. Jesus said, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. The sixth key was to use your mind. What a novel mm-hmm. idea that Jesus himself would think to put it down in a, in a form to study that we can see years to come, to use our minds. You know, God made us rational creatures. God made us with wonderful minds. We're meant to use them to the fullest extent that they can be used for, not least of all when it comes to finding out God's will for our lives. Oh, you know, what we're looking at in this study, that's the most important thing we should be focusing on is how to use our mind to find out what God's will is for our lives. Mm. These nine clues, they just barely scratch the surface of what you can find in the Bible. Not like brute beasts. That's not what God wanted. God promised the psalmist that his mind would be taught and informed. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding. But he must be controlled by bit or bridle, or they will not come to you. Psalms 32, verses 8 and 9. You see, both Old and New Testament alike share, and it's got a plethora of information to us how we can know and find God's will. We're just looking at nine things, folks, nine out of the Bible, which I didn't count because I didn't find the number for them. Paul 
used his mind for God. Paul, the theologian, was a great strategist. He worked out how he would set about spreading the gospel of Jesus throughout the known world, and he aimed mainly at centers of population, the cities. He debated. Paul debated. He talked and debated with Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. We see in Acts chapter 9, verse 29. See, there's another one of those barriers. Paul didn't give up. He argued persuasively. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 19, verse 8. Paul reasoned. Paul reasons in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day. Acts chapter 17, verse 17. Apollo, Apollos, he used his mind for God too. We don't see, we don't hear too much about this, but Apollos vigorously refuted to the Jews in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. Acts chapter 18, verse. 28. Love the Lord with your mind. We're using our mind to know the will of God. In the Old Testament, we read, Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. In the New Testament, we read, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Matthew 28, verse 37. Look how far apart those two are. Deuteronomy 6, chapter 4 and 5. Uh, chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And Matthew 22, verse 37. Yet they say the same thing. There's something there. Peter. Peter wrote, prepare your minds for action. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. The seventh key, ask a friend. Mm, everybody's got friends. Not all of them are going to be Christian friends or devout Christians or those that uh, should be sowing into your life, but ask a friend. David and Jonathan, one of God's greatest gift is friendship. Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. We see that in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. Ask a friend to pray for you. Ask a friend to pray that you may know God's guidance. It can be quite, very, quite a humbling experience to share personal prayer requests with a friend. Paul often asked his trusted Christian friends to pray for him. Imagine that. Paul. Paul requests for prayer. He, he showed boldness to preach the gospel, no matter what he went through. The list goes, there was, you, you definitely got the Reader's Digest condensed version of the things, the barriers that Paul faced. He says, pray also for me, and that whenever I open my mouth, hello, words be given to me, so that I will fearlessly make known the ministry of the gospel, for which I am the ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Uh, shouldn't we be praying that ourselves? That also, whenever I open my mouth, my words be given me, so that I fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel? What would happen if everybody took that kind of an attitude? What would happen around us in our sphere of influence? What would happen in our places of business? What would happen throughout the world? Physical safety. Paul considered, he said, pray that I may be rescued from the unbelievers in Judea. In Romans chapter 15, verse 31. He said, Pray for the opportunity to preach about Jesus. He had just been stoned and left for dead. And what did he do? He prayed for an opportunity to preach about Jesus. Woo! Would we have overcome that barrier, folks? And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Colossians chapter mm. 4, verse 3. 
He also asked for general, he had general requests for prayer. Brothers, pray for us. Very simple. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 25, that whole verse is just that. Brethren, pray for us. Hmm. Pretty strong little words there for just a few words. <laughs> and now, we know friends can get it wrong. We've seen that. we experienced that. Uh, that's one of the barriers that we face. Christian friends, they're not infallible. Paul had to ignore the advice given to him by a well-meaning Christian who urged him not to go to Jerusalem, even though the advice came through the Spirit in Acts chapter 21, verse 4. Now, mm -hmm. Paul also prayed for his Christian friends. It seemed that it was quite normal for Christians to ask for help from each other in this way in the early church. Uh, sometimes today I see in the new modern church of today, uh, when someone is asked to pray, it becomes a gossip route instead of what it should be, praying for someone. Uh, I won't go into that. I'm going to get away from that real quick. Paul prayed for Christians at Colossus so that they would have knowledge of God's will. Colossians 1, verse 9. He prayed for the Christians at Ephesus, so that they would be rooted in love. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul prayed for the Christians at Thessalonica, so that Jesus would be glorified in them. Woo! You see, mm -hmm. so isn't this something that we should all be praying for in like minds, like manner? A prayer for the Ephesians was from Paul. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measures of all the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. Isn't that an awesome prayer to pray over our loved ones, over our sphere of influence, over all of the things? that we are seeking God for. The eighth yes, P is remember, uh, God is not in a hurry. <laughs> Woo! God's time scale is completely different than ours. God's view of time and our view of time are very different. We tend to be in a rush to achieve things, but God is never in a hurry. I've got a testimony myself about that that one day I will share. Peter writes, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Second Peter chapter mm -hmm. 3, verse 8. Uh, what did they do before time? Before time as we know it, God was active. In creation, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, Genesis, Genesis 1, 1. In choosing us, God chose us in him before the creation of the world, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. That is, that's just mind-boggling to me. Before time even began, God chose us. And we're told in the Bible there's a time for everything. The writer of the book of Ecclesiastes emphasizes that everything happens at God's appointed time. And some of the things it shows for is a time, there's time for everything and a season for every activity under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time for peace. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. The last of those is trust God. Imagine having 
trust God as one of the nine keys to finding the will of God. Imagine that. That's a a novel idea, isn't it? No, it's been around for centuries. Uh, Trust God. It's something that sometimes it leaves us. Sometimes it eludes us, as you will. Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are fine examples of people who completely trusted God. When they were about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, not bowing down or worshiping King Nebuchadnezzar's image of gold, they said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. How many people do you know right now in today's world that would make a statement like that? Whether God rescues you or not, you're going to believe. You're going to continue holding on to him. You're going to continue to want to know the will of God. In your life It's about time to get excited now (laughs) Trusting God When when to trust God At all times Trust in him at all times O people Psalms chapter 62 verse 8 How How do we trust God With all of your heart Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not under your own understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. How do we trust God? In quietness. In quietness and trust is your strength. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. And I'm giving you all of these verses to show you that it's throughout the entire Bible that we're taught how to know the will of God. Why? Should we trust God? Because of God's unfailing love, but I trust in your unfailing love. Psalms chapter 13, verse 5, the result of trusting God, lack of fear. And you know the acronym I use for fear is false evidence appearing real. You stop and you think about it, that is all Satan has to hold against us. That's the only thing he had to hold against Jesus was false evidence appearing real. Oh, if you make this stone into bread, you won't be hungry. Jesus knew that. Look at the miracle he did with with three fish and five loaves. Look at the stuff that, that, that Satan promised him, false evidence appearing real. I will trust and not be afraid. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. The result of trusting God, God's care. He cares for those who trust in him. Nahum 1 verse 7, safety. Whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25. What should not be trusted? Chariots representing human power. Some trust in chariots. Psalm chapter 20 verse 7. Gold representing human wealth. If I have put my trust in gold, in Job chapter 31, verse 24, extortion, or excuse me, exhortation. Don't trust in exhortation. Psalms chapter 62, verse 10, deceptive works. Do not trust in deceptive works. Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 4. Prayers approaching death. The dying prayers of Jesus and Stephen expressed their trust in God. As Jesus hung on a dying and dying on the cross, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke twenty-three forty-six. As Stephen was being stoned to death, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Acts chapter 7, verse 59. A call to all anxiety, a promise to hang on to, a call, cast all of your anxiety on God because he cares for you. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. So you see, that's just nine keys that we looked at tonight to know God's will for your life. There are literally hundreds, if not thousands,
thousands of them throughout the Bible that would uh, should help us every single day of our lives. If we take the time to exercise these key elements, it would come to us and it would it would be more real to us. And we've got to remember those are so simple. God is not making it hard for us to do. He makes the Bible so simple a child can understand it. And that's exactly what he says. Again, these nine keys, number one is be humble. Number two is to pray. Number three is to follow the light you already have. Number four is don't give up. Number five, and I hope you remember about the ones we covered with Paul, don't give up and don't be put off by barriers. Think of all the stuff that he went through. He didn't give up. He, didn't, he wasn't put off. Number six, use your mind. Number seven, ask a friend. Number eight, remember, God is not in a hurry. Number nine, <laughs> trust God. Bishop elect Butterfield. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for that word. Awesome and powerful uh, word. Trust God. I wrote these keys down. We got these keys written down. We are going to work these keys. It's amazing that you got the trust God at the uh, number nine. Uh, It is so awesome that um, God has uh, given you this word. Uh, the nine keys to finding God's will. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times we just be saying, "We want, I just want to do God's will. <laughs> I just want to do whatever it is that God is saying to do. And we don't know even know what it is that God is saying to do. <laughs> and so I just want to thank you so much for this word. Amen. It is very inspiring yes, yes. and uh, helpful to um, be able to study this some more and be able to get closer to God by finding his will mm-hmm. uh, for our lives and individually for ourselves and, mm-hmm. and collectively. Um, we want to be able to find the will of God. So we thank God for mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. we thank God for Miss Mary. Mm-hmm. We thank God mm-hmm. for uh, just the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that has uh, brought us to this place where you're sharing this word uh, with us tonight. If there's anyone in queue that would like to uh, share with us tonight, just press one on your phone and we'll bring you live on the air. Truly, this has been an awesome, awesome, awesome study, an uh, awesome lesson uh, for us. We just give out the glory and the praise uh, for it. Thanks again, Pastor Fair. Um, if you don't mind, if you would just pray us out, we have about a minute. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, there's so much that you give to us that uh, we can't even begin to fathom the things that you have in mm-hmm. store for us. But, Father, the list that you've given us tonight to, to know your mm-hmm. will for our lives should be the top of our list that we have. Father, that it should consume us. Everything that we are, everything we have been, everything that we're going to be should uh, be our destiny to know what your will is for our lives. Father, as we mm-hmm. look at the, the examples of Paul, the things that he went through, the barriers that we have in this life are nothing compared to what he went through. Help us to gain strength by learning about what Paul went through. Help us to learn by trusting in you more and more each and every day. And, Father, mm-hmm. you love us so much that you give us all of these things freely. All we have to do is open your word and see them. Father, we pray right now that lives would be changed and flipped upside down by your word that has come forth tonight. We thank you, Father, that we can trust in you and depend on you to do those things that we mm-hmm. deem impossible. But that's exactly what you called us to do, not the possible, but yes. those things that are impossible. And, Father, we know that we couldn't do it without your strength, which is made perfect in our weakness, and we show our weakness on a daily basis through this thing we call flesh. So thank you for it, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Give God glory for this word. Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, tell your friend, every Saturday night at 8 p.m. to die. 917 to the Life Broadcast.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.